today on It's Time. You don't have to park your brain in neutral when you walk into church. Because God is a logical God. I hear the calling, it's time. It's time. It's time. Welcome to It's Time. The Daily Bible Teaching Program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today, he's going verse by verse through the book of Revelation. So turn there in your Bible as we join Pastor Mike. Those that are part of the first resurrection, the rapture, I believe you're going to be really blessed. Blessed and holy is he who has part in the first resurrection. Over such the second death has no power. But they shall be priests of God, of Christ, and shall reign with him a thousand years. That's your purpose. That's your part right now. Uh, Of course, the new Jerusalem is coming when this old world finally burns away. Now, when the thousand years have expired, Satan will be released out of his prison. Wow, why would God do that? Uh, Living in a perfect world with everything great, and now Satan is... You know what's really weird? Is that people have had to live righteously. They didn't have a choice. And you know, God doesn't want robots. So he gives everybody on this earth a choice. Did you serve me? Did you love me because you love me or because you enjoyed the benefits of my reign on this earth? Those that are around experience the miracle. The people on the earth have experienced the miracle of Jesus ruling and reigning from Jerusalem. But they're not necessarily on God's team. Satan is loose to go out to give them a choice. You know, God always provides that. God provides the ability to choose. Some people feel that God doesn't love them because he gives them an opportunity to choose. Well, God, you know, if you just wouldn't have let that drug dealer come by, I wouldn't have bought all those drugs. Well, I, I think God gives us that opportunity sometimes. Well, he says... Satan's loosed for a thousand years. Gives the people an opportunity. And notice it says, and he will go out to deceive the nations which are on the four corners of the earth. By the way, people say, aha, the world is flat. No. If you look, how many people have ever seen a map? Do maps have four corners? Last I checked, they do. At least the one in my glove box in my car does. Speaking of a picture of the world. And here he says, they went out to the four corners of the earth. Gog and Magog. By the way, bitter enemies against Israel. This goes back to the Ezekiel 38-39 war that has not yet happened. This is not the same battle that you find in Ezekiel 38 and 39. It is speaking of at least a thousand years between the two events. But remember, Gog, Magog, and this is the area to the north of Israel, many people pin it to Meshach and Tubal, uh, the ancient cities of um, the ancient name of Moscow, and to Blosk, Gog and Magog, to gather the nations to battle, 
whose number is as sand on the sea. Isn't it funny? You can live in a perfect environment and as sand is on the seashore, they will come against Israel. They'll come against Jesus to do war with him. Perfect environment, perfect everything, and they still want to fight God. Isn't that amazing? Shows you the darkness of heart. Shows you why Jesus said, you must be born again. There's something wrong that we've inherited. Verse 10. And the devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet literally already are. They were cast into the uh, lake of fire a thousand years previous. And it says that they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Thank the Lord. This is the end of the devil right here. This um, Revelation 2010. It's the end. He's cast in the lake of fire, never ever to be troubled by any of us ever again. I tell people everywhere, if you got know anybody involved in the occult, Wiccan, or anything like that, they are following a loser. He's going to end up in the lake of fire that burns forever and ever. He's done. Hallelujah. Then I saw a great white throne, him who sat on it, from whose face the earth and heavens fled away. And there were found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God. The books are open. Another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which are written in the books. Wow. Do you know there are recorders in heaven? Now, I don't mean tape recorders. I mean recorders. That's what they were called. Uh, You may have heard the term court reporter. What they do is they write down everything that was said in the court. Imagine people who are apart from Christ, everything they've ever done has been written down. Stole candy bars at five years old from Woolsworth store. Fall in the books. You're not going to be able to argue with it. They want, and by the way, some of you might say, well, If God knows the beginning to the end, he knows whether we make it or we don't, why don't we just instantly go to heaven and forget this zoo we call living? I think that's a great question. Well, here's why. God's a just God. God's a a business God. By the way, you don't have to park your brain in neutral when you walk into church. Because God is a logical God. By the way, cults are not. Well, you know, when you die, you come back as a frog and you burn off your bad karma. What's wrong with that? Well, you know, I've never seen that many frogs that can talk. Well, there's a problem here. But the Bible's logical. When you look at the nature of man, do you agree with the Bible that the nature of man is evil? Yeah. If you've got kids, you know exactly what I'm talking about. One toy in a room. Filled with thousands of other toys. One kid picks up that toy. It's the one they all want. And they will scratch each other's eyes out to get it. You know, what's wrong with you? There's a thousand other toys. Pick up something else. I want that one. The only difference is when we get older, we get a little better at hiding it, aren't we? 
We use lawyers now. Yeah, see, that's the problem. The books are open, the Bible says. Everything we've ever done is written down. Now, again, I don't believe this is speaking concerning Christians. I believe this is speaking according to people who don't know God. In other words, God's going to hold people accountable for what they knew of him, or right or wrong. The Bible said it's written on man's heart, God's law. Now, we can be in violation of our heart, but God wrote on our hearts what's good and what's not. In other words, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. You don't have to be a Christian to recognize that principle. Because we realize that the way you want somebody to treat you is the way you want to be treated. So the problem we find here, the books are opened. And people will be in judgment over their own behavior. Their own words condemn them. Why is that? Because they know that there's a standard. You see, the people of the world realize something. And I keep going back to this thought that I can't get around. ACDC. Yeah, that really wicked band sings about a highway to hell. Led Zeppelin sings about a stairway to heaven. What is in their minds to cause them to think in those ways? And that God will hold them accountable. ACDC, if you knew there was a highway to hell, why were you putting people on it? There is going to be no excuse on Judgment Day. Their own words will condemn them. I believe that's why it's written down. There's no way around it. And so he says, the books were open. Everyone's judged according to what they've done. Boy, isn't it good to know you're born again? Isn't it good to know that God went and took all those pages and ripped them all out and burned them? I'm so glad. And when you, the, the judgment seat of Christ, the Bema seat judgment, God will judge you as a Christian on the things that you did for the right motive. You know, it wasn't that we were doing things to be seen of men, but we did things because we were seen of God. Jesus said, when you pray, don't be like the Pharisees and those and make long pretenses and prayers out in the public because, they're all, oh, look how holy they are. Look at them over there. Praying. He said, when you go, close the door of your closet. Pray in your closet. The God who sees you in secret will reward you openly. Why is that? Because God's not in to showtime. God's end to you. You see, if our relationship with God is not a father-child relationship, but rather that I'm trying to dupe people around me to make me think that I'm something that, that I'm not, then I'm the liar. I'm lying to myself. The Bible says it's written down. But the things that were done for the right motive, when you just said, man, my friend next door, he, he's in trouble. God, I've been praying for him and he broke his leg. and I'm just going to go over and mow his lawn. You know, God sees that. The Bible says even a cup of cold water in his name with the right motive bears an eternal reward. It isn't in the magnitude. Well, you know, if I was Billy Graham and I could have thousands, I have thousands of you to get about your chair. Just a cup of cold water in his name. We will be held accountable for the obedience of what God told us, not for the magnitude of what we do. I think a lot of people will be surprised on that. Because again, what we do with the right heart, God blesses. And so he says here, the books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things that were written in the books. The inconsistencies, the contradictions. See, somebody could say, well, God, I didn't even know who you were. Really? Then why did you use my name in every other word when you were cussing and swearing? 
We will have no excuse as people that are not born again on that great day. That's why the Bible said, Jesus said, you must be born again. You've got to get rid of this ball of nastiness that's following you through your life, that's causing you to make the decisions that you make to get loaded in stone. I got to keep me running. There was a song written by years ago by Randy Stonehill called Keep Me Running from the Sins I Can't Erase. That's what the devil does. Jesus lays an ax to it. It's gone. And by the way, a person who dies with that big ball of sin following them, when you die, that ball keeps on rolling. You think of the people that started cults. Maybe there was only 24 members at the time. Now there might be millions. Think of the person. Think of the judgment that person's going to have. Think of the people that, that promoted evolution. And whether Darwin repented on his deathbed, I don't know. But if he didn't, I guarantee you there's going to be a mighty judgment against him and those who continue the lie to our college students and our high school students and our elements because it's a bogus lie. You see, that's why you need to be born again. Notice verse 13, interesting verse. The sea gave up the dead who were in it. Death and Hades was delivered up the dead who were in them. And they were judged according to his works. Notice this is more uh, not of a moment thing, but this seems to be those that have died in the past. The sea gave up the dead, so all those that died in submarines, here they are. No. I believe this is talking about those who died in the great flood. Do you estimate that there was as many people living on the earth today as there was when the flood came. That was all those boring begats, reckoning in the longer longevity of mankind. They, they said there could have been seven, six to seven billion people living on the earth that died. The sea gave up the dead that were in them. And notice it says, and death in Hades delivered up the death that were in them. Who is that? I, I believe it's speaking of Jesus, speaking of like where the rich man went. Remember, Jesus said there was, you know, a, a guy who was rich, fared sumptuously every day, and there was an old beggar out in front, outside of his gate, and dogs come up and lick sores. At least he could have let him sit inside of his gate so the dogs couldn't have licked his sores. Anyway, another thought. But anyway, he, he's, he's out there, and, and they both died. And the Bible says the angels came and got Lazarus, but for the rich man, he was buried. Kind of a different way God looks at death. But the rich man finds himself in Hades, in this place of torment, getting ready for the big white throne judgment. Yeah, I, I like it, liken it unto being in the county jail. And, and, the, and, the, and, the, and everything's still out. They're still collecting evidence on you because you're in the jail. We know there was a murder. We know there was a robbery. We, we know there's something that you did, but we don't know all this, how this is all going to play out. So they keep you there. And then at the end of the millennial reign of Christ, the books are open. We all know what happened. And now you're judged. And they said, well, we found out that you did this, 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 and this, and this, and this, and this. And so that's why the ultimate judgment for the ungodly is at the end of the thousand-year reign of Christ. Why? Because all their works have come to full fruition. Again, remember, when you die, it doesn't stop what you've done if you're not a Christian. Your wickedness goes on from generation to generation. The lie, again, evolution being taught in the schools, made up. Think of Adolf Hitler killing so many people and children without parents and all the things and all the effects down through the history of ages. You realize, man, Friends, we need to be saved. 
You need an axe laid to that past. You need a risen Savior. Notice it says here, they were judged according each one to his works. Then death and Hades were cast in the lake of fire. This is the second death. And this is the most important verse. If anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, they were cast into the lake of fire. Wow. I don't know all what hell is, friends. I, I really don't. It's a lake of fire. I, sounds pretty nasty. If you go to the book of Jude, it says that those that are wicked suffer the vengeance of eternal fire. The idea of annihilation that the cults hold on to are not reading their Bible, probably because they're bound for that place. I don't know all that hell is, but I know that Jesus gave up all the worship of heaven to, be, to come to this earth, to be born in a dirty manger, and to be abused, spit on, beard pulled out, crucified to a cross in public humiliation to keep us from going there. I don't want to miss heaven for the world. And by the way, everyone listening, you missed heaven, you missed it all. If you miss heaven, everything else is meaningless. That's why Jesus came and died on the cross for us. So our past could be forgiven. Our sin is so outrageous to God that it has to be covered by a death. That's how bad it is. It's what God did for you and me. This morning, we have communion. Communion is a meaningless sacrament if you're not born again. And here's why. Because, first of all, you're celebrating something that you haven't accepted. Jesus held the bread up. He said, this is my body, which is broken for you. And he broke it and he passed it around to his disciples. Do you realize, again, how complex we are as human beings? You are unique. No one has ever been like you ever before on this earth. No one will ever be like you ever again. And I don't know how, I, I, something that got me the other day, I went downtown last night to Oktoberfest and people were milling around. And I saw on somebody's shirt, a picture of John Belushi. Many of you remember who he was. Died concerning drugs. But I thought how weird that is. That here's a guy that's been dead for years. And the minute that you look at his face, you know who he is. Because see, no one's ever been like him ever before. No one will ever be him. Do you realize that's the same way you? Here's, you know, when you're long gone, your face is unique to you. No one's ever looked like you. Oh, that person sure reminds me of such and such. Saw a kid last night in the petting zoo. I said, that guy looks like Ralphie on Christmas Story. They go, yeah, he does look like Ralphie on Christmas Story. But he wasn't, and not exactly. No one has ever been like you. I'm, what I'm trying to say is, you're individual. God loves you individually. And Jesus died for you. It's a meaningless thing. And you've got a lot of issues in your life, friends. I know. I know sometimes some of you this week have wanted to kill yourself. You thought about it. Thank God you didn't. You're here today. I, I know some of you have, have thought about just saying, I am done with everything. I am out of here. I, I, we, we're complex. We need help. You can go to Ann Landers, you can go to Dear Abby, you can go to your friends, you can go to your parents, you can go to your best friends. 
they're not going to give you the advice you need to live your life. God made you. God only knows those circumstances around you to bring you where you need to be with him to be the most effective for his kingdom, friends, while we have time. Clock's running out. Be about your daddy's business. This morning, if you're not a Christian, and you are to die driving home from this place today, all I want is you to be able to say, I know I would go to heaven. Not because I'm good, but because I've wrapped God's goodness around me. I am clothed in his righteousness. Big difference. If I'm going to go to heaven on my goodness, I won't make it, I won't, I won't make it to the first cloud. But you approach God in his righteousness with what Jesus did for you. That's what makes you holy. God wants to fix the things in your life. All the cults in the world will tell you in some crazy way how to get right with God. Go burn incense. Go see so many Hail Marys. Do this, do that. They got all these little ingredients that you do to go get right with God. Jesus came so we could get right with him. That's what God did for us. But something that God offers in his word through only Jesus is we have a God that rebuilds us. No religion of the world offers that. They'll tell you how to, you know, somehow do something super spiritual or whatever. But God rebuilds us. Don't you need to be rebuilt? I do. I need to, I, I need to, to have God fix the way I love and the way people love me, the way I view people, the way people love me. If you haven't been offended this week by people, I guarantee you this next week you will be. How do I react to that? God, how do, I, how do I deal with that? God wants to heal you. And there's so many aspects to our life that were so complex. It would take a God that made the entire universe to figure it out for each one of us. That's how big our God is. But that's why he loves you. And if God made the Adam, God made you. And if God knows how to hold all things together when actually the atoms of the earth should fly apart, we're going to talk about that in the next couple of weeks. By nature, atomic structure should not work. Because like charges repel. And yet in the nucleus of an atom, you have like charges holding together, which they should not do with the, with, uh, only God can do that. But you know, the, the world's going to melt with fervent heat. And you know what I think God's going to do? Okay, everything, just do what it's supposed to do. And he takes his hand off and the atoms repel. And you have cosmic meltdown and all the things that the Bible describes. And then he's going to make a new heaven, new earth this morning. If you've never received Christ as Savior, we're going to pray. You might say, I, I've got that big ball of nastiness following me. That's why I get loaded. And why, I'm trying to escape. That can be gone today. We're going to pray right now. If you need to get right with God, let's pray. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I invite you in my life today. Help. I need you. I can't figure it out but I know you can figure it out for me. So from this day forward, I commit my life into your hands. Make me the best I can be for you. I accept what Jesus did for me on the cross, that he died in my place. So write my name in your book of life. The very book we read about today, put my name in that book so I can spend eternity with you and fill with your Holy Spirit. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us on It's Time, as Pastor Mike teaches verse-by-verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening. And tune in next time for It's Time.